Art is more than just a composition of beautiful colors and carefully placed brushstrokes. When we can think about it more expansively, that is. Welcome to the Art of Podcast, a show that unveils the masterpiece resulting from you taking your healing into your own hands. I'm your host, Leah Fisher, a trauma survivor turned multi-awarded reflectionist artist with a master's degree in counseling. My highest intention is to create a community for self-healers. Together, we'll unlock your own creative capacity to design a life of holistic wellness and embrace the healing journey, one step at a time. You're listening to The Art of Podcast, and this is episode number 19. Well, I went to a party the other night and picked up a man. (laughs) (laughs) I went to a party with our friend Jay Bird, Jeanette, and started talking to David Sunshine, which I've kind of known for a while. I met him probably about four or five years ago at a retreat, and I certainly know him because I visited his yoga center, the Dallas Yoga Center, a few times over the years. And But I've never had a chance to really sit down and get to know him and talk to him. But when I was at the party, I just thought, wow, I think that my audience would really be interested in talking to him and experiencing him. So welcome to the show, David Thank Sunshine. You. Thank you. Leah. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I guess like asking how to introduce you and it's, I mean, it's quite the resume. So co-owner of Dallas Yoga Center with your brother, Daniel, and you you were in Tibet and you studied with the Dalai Lama in India in India yes, I mean with the Dalai Lama I feel like I don't know we can't just gloss over that tell me a little bit about that and what that was like sure 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 well I was a strange kid you know when I was young in high school I was just really questioning life and really wondering what else existed beyond Dallas where I was being raised and I was seeking something in line with love and compassion some new in high school worldview <laughs> yes and so i became really infatuated with the dalai lama and at the time he wasn't that well known i mean everyone knew who he was what year was this this was let's see 1985 i would say i think the only thing i knew about the dalai lama was that uh that eddie murphy movie oh sure the golden child the, that was a great show yeah. <laughs> i love that too was your experience with the dalai lama like that I wish that was really cool. Yeah, <laughs> totally. But no, I, when I was, um, you know, in college, I went and studied Tibetan Buddhism, mm. and Tibetan Buddhist philosophy was my major. And I was in Amherst, Mass, at a little liberal arts college called Hampshire College. Wow. And at the school, I was exposed to a lot of Tibetan people because there were a lot of Tibetan refugees living in the area, mm. and so I became friends with them and started studying Tibetan Buddhism. And I was offered to go to India, where the refugees live, the Tibetans. A lot of the Tibetans live in India since 1959, when the Chinese invaded Tibet. And that's where the Dalai Lama lives. And I was offered to go to live in a monastery and teach English to the little monks. Oh, my gosh. Was it beautiful? Were you scared? You know, it was scary and exciting in so many ways, and it was just an incredible adventure. You know, India was way off my mental map. Like, (laughs) I had no clue what to expect, and this was before the internet. So, you know, I was just reading as much as I could find and looking at photos, and I just jumped on a plane with a friend of mine, and we went there, and it was just the most amazing adventure ever. 
It was just incredible. I was probably like getting drunk with a fake ID and Deep Ellum when you were out there. <laughs> you know, I was doing some of that too. You were doing, yeah. I okay. love Deep Ellum. I was raised in Deep Ellum were, as well. Were you? The New Bohemians and yes. Edie Brickell and yes. a bunch of them. Was, Did you ever go to the Aqua Bar? Oh, yeah. yeah. That was a cool place. That was a cool place. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. That was that. a cool place. Totally. Okay. Well, it doesn't make me feel so bad because I certainly wasn't having any kind of thoughts about, you know, what's the bigger picture when I was that age at all. So you're really lucky to have been in that space and be kind of tapped into that. I mean, I think that you probably were meant to be learning and teaching in this area. Yeah, I do feel that way. I feel it's almost, you know, as we say in the yoga world, karmic. Mm. But um, I was also blessed with two parents that were very progressive and that supported me in my journeys and my explorations. Mm -hmm. And they really promoted just free thinking. And so I was given a lot of freedom to go and do things on my own. By the time I was 15, I was actually backpacking through Europe by myself with wow, you know, a backpack and just heading out on the trains and spent a few months there. So yeah, you can imagine I was... I can't, I can't imagine. I mean, you say your parents really must have trusted you and trusted in, in the investment they had made with you and what yeah. they had kind of given you. I mean, totally. Yeah. Yeah. My father is, he owns a nursery here in Dallas called Sunshine Miniature Trees, oh. it, but he's also, is that the, is that the um, bonsai uh, place that's, the, that's right on Greenville? That's right. Oh my, I've been there. I bought <laughs> yeah. a bonsai that I killed. That oh, I killed. well you got to come yeah. back by and <laughs> get another one. <laughs> try again. It's kind of like riding a bike. Got to try once or twice, and then you get the hang of it, and you'll you'll figure it out. I bet I met your dad before. I bet you have. He was there a lot. He's still off and on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, what is your cultural background? Jewish, Russian Jewish. Jew. Russian sunshine Jewish. is our family name. Okay, and it comes from sun and shown or zunshin, which mm -hmm. is Russian or German for sunshine. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, there's actually a lot of Russian Jews with the last name Sunshine. Believe it or not. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. Yeah. Part of my family is Jewish as well, um, and, but uh, I've never heard Sunshine as a Jewish name. Yeah. Do you still practice any Judaism? Or um, We get together for Passover, mm -hmm. which is for us a um, big celebration of freedom. Mm -hmm. And we discuss freedom from all on all aspects. What is What does it mean to be a free human being? Mm -hmm. And can you be free if other human beings aren't free? And what does it mean to be free mentally and spiritually in all these ways? So my family loves that, and we do get together for that. But I think um, when it comes to being Jewish, sort of in alignment with a podcast, even in a way, it's all so focused on asking questions, which is very much innate to me. Like I was from a very young age taught to ask questions and taught that the answer is actually in the question. Mm. And so it's like, from a very young age, I was questioning life mm. and exploring and being curious. And I think I've always just really held that on a high mantle, that sense of curiosity as a means to really continue to grow and to create and to expand myself. Mm. So I think that's a big part of Judaism. Yeah, I, you know, I, my family didn't practice a lot. One side of the family was very devout, but, mm. uh, but my grandfather, that his side, he was like, I don't like it. I'm not doing it. But I always feel pretty connected to it. Mm. They do ask a lot of questions. Whenever I hear someone talking about it, I resonate with it a lot. But yeah, so that's, that's interesting. Have you been to Israel? I have not been to uh. Israel. I have not been to Europe. 
I have not been to Asia. Wow. Yeah, I know. Gosh. I know. I know. Dang. I know. The world's so huge. (laughs) I know. So much to see. I know. And I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it. Yeah. And so tell me about Israel. Well, you know, I, at 18, like I said, I started going to India and my, I, I would, I've been to India 12 times. I just 12 t- times. Yeah, and I take groups to India. Okay. And I lead them on tours and that was always kind of the place that really drew my soul. And you know, I have a yoga center and so to me, I've just really uh loved diving deep into Hinduism and mm-hmm. and Buddhist philosophy and ideas of oneness and yoga and all these kinds of things. And so I was kind of sidestepping my Judaism for many years. When I went to Israel, it was interesting because I really gained a profound appreciation for the depth and beauty of Judaism. Mm -hmm. Um, Culturally, I always knew that was there, but philosophically, I really went deep and it was powerful. I arrived and within the first few weeks, I met this man and woman, this older couple that kind of took me under their wing. This man, Chaim, he was a retired government official that was in charge of really entertaining guests that came to the country and showing them the country. So I had the first class perfect person to show me around that country. And he would, I got a car, I learned to drive in Jerusalem, which was crazy. Uh, I can't and imagine. then I just went for a few months all around the country, up and down, wherever I wanted to go. And he would give me coordinates and places to be and people to meet. Yeah. And it was incredible. Just the ancient beauty and depth and wisdom mm-hmm. of that culture is so incredible. I love it. And I feel like it's like it's very compatible with other philosophies, whether, you know, I don't think it clashes with, with much. Well, I mean, like, I guess if you're like Islamic, it's clashing right now. But, you know, as, as far as spiritual practices mm. and enlightened thinking, I feel like it's pretty congruent. You know, I don't know much about uh, like the, the very devout, you know, very, I don't know. I don't even what you call it, like um, conservative Judaism. Or orthodox. Oh, orthodox. Or, that's, that's the word I'm looking yeah, for. Sure. Um, but it seems like it's just very congruent with a lot of forward spiritual thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of that's just based on the individual, you know, too. Like in any culture, in any religion, some people are going to be more progressive and forward thinking and some will be less. But I definitely believe my experience of Judaism was always receiving you know, a a download of how we can be better humans and try to treat our neighbors, other humans, the way we want to be treated. So I was, I was given that imprint when it comes to my Jewish background from my grandparents Mm -hmm. and my ancestors. Mm -hmm. And I really think that all religions ultimately want to create that personally. That's my philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. So what is going on with the Dallas Yoga Center? I know that you moved locations. And so where are your, you have two, two locations now instead of one. So tell me about what's going on there. Yeah. Well, we are in a phase of regeneration. And I think like many during COVID, we took a turn and kind of, kind of went inward and uh, let go of our old location we had had for 25 years, which was just amazing. We had four studios and a big 
wellness center and a big community space where yeah. people drank tea and your wellness center was so cool because yeah. I, the first time I went there, I was doing my master's and I it was all these different like transpersonal therapists and body workers right. and just really all these clinicians that were a little alternative. And I thought, oh, I remember thinking when I graduated, I want to get a job here. Oh, That's wow. what I thought. Yeah. That would have been cool. <laughs> yeah. Love to do that. Hire you and <laughs> yeah. have you work at Dallas Yoga Center. Cool. Would, oh my gosh, it would be so cool. Yeah. And I think it was probably the first alternative wellness center in Dallas. Yeah. And, you know, it was just such a beautiful environment and incredible community the community you know Dallas Yoga Center is over 35 years old I took it over when I was 26 you know really it was a big part of the Dallas legacy it was a big part of Dallas and during COVID as you know for many businesses we were facing a number of challenges and we uh, had to leave our building and we are now very excited that we found two new locations. One is at Inwood Village, mm -hmm. at Inwood and Lovers, and the other one's at Lemon and Douglas. Okay. So right down the street from where, where we used to be. And we are now just reimagining what the new form of Dallas Yoga Center will be and how we will continue to bring the highest quality teachers and the highest uh, level of impact to our community. And once again, just regrow a community that creates a sense of belonging and a sense of exploration and personal growth and brings the wisdom of yoga and alternative wellness and mindfulness to Dallas. Yeah. I love that so much. I love it. So for someone who's never done yoga before, what would you say is the top benefit from doing a yoga practice? For me, mm. I am the least bendy person in the class all the time. So sure. I, I love going, but I am so non-bendy, but I feel like I'm getting more benefit than anyone there because I can just move a certain way. And I'm like, oh, that's such a release. So, you know, so someone who doesn't like doing yoga, what I hear a lot is uh, I it's too slow. I can't slow my mind down. And yeah. so, so what, so if someone wants to get into yoga, but they don't feel like they can, or they, they feel embarrassed or intimidated, what would you tell them? Yeah, that's a great question, and there's many pieces to that. I mean, overall, the idea in yoga is we're trying to get out of our minds and into our bodies, which is this notion of embodiment. And to be in our bodies and to really ground down into that physical experience helps us in so many ways. You know, when we're in our bodies, when we're embodied, we're here in the present moment. So we, ha we experience less anxiety, for example, because most anxiety comes from worry or fear about the future or the past. So yoga, it's a meditation of embodiment. It's a way of taking us out of the mind, getting all that energy that's up in our head where we're thinking, 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 which we've been taught to really do a lot of in the society in order to be successful, and learning that it's also important to slow ourselves down, to breathe, to drop in and be present. And it's so key to do that for so many reasons. I mean, on a physiological level, just to get out of the cortisol cycle, uh, you know, that comes with flight or fight, you know, survival mode. And it's just so healthy for us on a, on a physical level to just relax and feel joy and oxytocin and other kinds of hormones and endorphins that are healthy. And it kind of makes you feel high when you're done with the class. It right? does, right? It makes yeah. you feel super relaxed, basically. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, there, you know, to us, that's really 
essentially um, what we're all trying to get, you know, is to be in our bodies in a relaxed, calm, confident, healthy way that's conscious. Mm -hmm. And yet most of us aren't there because we're just identified with the brain and our thoughts and we're acting out of thinking so much. Mm -hmm. So we're constantly just reacting to the world versus settling down, slowing down and responding intelligently from our heart space, mm -hmm. perhaps, or mm -hmm. from just, you know, a sense of grounded security, stuff like that is what yoga brings. And that's big picture. I mean, that's a lot. But, you know, in a simple level, it just makes you relax. It makes you feel good. It makes you probably be a better person to your dog and to your <laughs> boyfriend or girlfriend. And that's all that really matters once again, you know? Yeah. That's what we're all after. Yeah, it definitely brings a lot of joy. And I, I think, and tell me if I'm, I just had this thought and I know that what yoga has done for me, just uh, like one of my biggest uh, obstacles that I struggle with is perfectionism mm. and really wanting to perform sure. and show up in the ego and going in and not being good at it and being comfortable with that and just being accepting. It's taught me a lot about self-love and self-compassion, right. sure. which is kind of one of my life lessons that has been a, a running thread throughout my life. So I think for me, that was my thing I needed to learn. But I think going in there, it'll confront you with your fears and your challenges. Yeah, 100% true. I mean, self-care leading into a sense of self-love and self-worth, you know, is really what this is about, what yoga brings. Mm -hmm. And the more we slow down and spend time with ourselves and drop in, it can be scary in the beginning because we have to face parts of ourselves that might not look all that pretty. Mm -hmm. We drop the masks, we get real, and we're no longer stuck in the perfectionism. And as we step out of that, as you know, as a as a coach and a therapist and, you know, and all the work you've done personally, you know, it can be scary at times. We have to learn to integrate some of the shadow sides of ourselves and the messy parts of ourselves, the stuff that we've been sweeping under the rug so no one else sees. But ultimately that stuff becomes, you know, our magic and our medicine and mm -hmm. our greatest gifts and our, our superpowers. Mm -hmm. So there's a big transformation that comes with yoga yeah. You know, it brings, there's a transition. It is a journey. It is a practice that leads us to wholeness, to health, to oneness. And it's, you know, 5,000 years old for a reason, you know, I mean, it's been yeah. around that long and survived because it, it, it works. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, and not that I'm against this, but there's a lot of yoga that's about fitness and about hitting it hard. And, mm -hmm. but you're, you're, centers are different. I feel like there's really, uh, the, the wellness component and the spiritual component, you really focus on that quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's different. Like if you go to other places, if you're just trying to really get in shape, there's a place for that, but yours is a little different than that. Yeah, definitely. We consider ourselves focused on the connection between the body, mind, and spirit, and we bring it all forward. I mean, it's all present and, you know, we're here to help someone, as I mentioned, find wholeness, find their whole self. So it's not just about looking pretty, which once again gets back to the perfectionism. And there's nothing wrong with that, of course. You know, um, yoga, yoga makes will, good bodies. Well, I mean, yoga let's does. Be clear. Yeah. It does exactly. Yeah. And um, and whatever kind of yoga someone begins with, you know, whatever works for you. Excited for you to begin that journey, and hopefully, most yogas will take you deeper into yourself and go beyond just the physical yeah. and take you to your inner landscape and let you really begin to see who you are on the inside mm. and bring some self-awareness there 
yeah. and some self-questioning and yeah. yeah one of my favorite classes at your place was that just the really slow yoga sure. like you barely even move but you have all the cushions right. and you're sitting in this really nice place and right. you know you're just stretching and totally. you don't really barely move at all <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i <laughs> my would favorite. Get, yeah i would get such a release from that you know mm. and it just you just feel so good when you leave you yeah know? Yeah. I know. I, it's my favorite. I love teaching it. It's we, you know, it's what I call somatic yoga. Okay. And somatic is a word that's becoming popular here of somatic psychotherapy and somatic movement. Yes. And we years ago brought those together into something called somatic yoga, mm. where it's a form of yoga that really slows you down and lets you drop in deep into your connection to the earth and has you going at a very, very, very slow pace mm -hmm. so that you can experience things very mindfully. And as that occurs, it has major benefits to the whole human being. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a part of me that's like, no, I need to be doing vinyasa. I need to do a down dog. I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to get that summer body going. And But then when I go there, I'm like, who cares about a summer body? Right. <laughs> you know, it's, sure. it's so good. It's yeah. so good. Well, what else are you into right now? So you got the yoga center going on and what else are you doing? Oh my gosh, so much. Um, something that I also really get excited by is shamanism. Mm. And what Do you ever I, listen to Shaman Durek? No, who's that? Just this podcaster. Uh, he's um, he's just like a famous podcaster shaman, and he's he's a trip. He's really? Trip. Yeah. So I'll, what's I'll, his message, or what what have, what have you gotten from him? So, I'm curious. So he really kind of teaches. So he has a book called Spirit Hacking. Mm. And so he's really all about eradicating codependency and wow. and getting us all to be where we can be our own personal shamans and, and like clear out the energy and just kind of teaching some of the basic tenets and bringing it to the general public. Great. And he's um he's just wild. His energy is electric and like and crazy and you'll listen to it and you think what am i listening to and then he says something that's so profound it's going to change your life forever wow. he's he's a roller coaster to listen to but, yeah but if you're into shamanism i think that he's kind of like a pop culture like evolution that's really resonating with people these days or did with me anyway yeah, yeah. no it makes sense i think yeah. there's a lot of uh a lot of importance to shamanic um, journeys and and what shamanism represents. I mean, it's still kind of a mystical word that not everyone really understands. But you know, this idea. Of, How would you define it for someone? Yeah, it's a great question. Shamanism is a pathway into non ordinary reality, which is a space within each of us, sort of like dream time, dream space, where we're still slightly awake. And going into that space allows us to heal a lot of trauma that has occurred in our past and to reclaim parts of ourselves and to reintegrate back to wholeness. And mm -hmm. so it's a human being, a shaman is someone who can do that for themselves or lead others into those spaces. Mm -hmm. And you know, we refer to shaman, the word is a Siberian word, I think. And it's mm -hmm. for someone who walks in the in-between space. Mm -hmm. You know, and mm -hmm. so, um, um, but there's shamans. I think shamanism is for is within all of our past, all of our DNA, because it's in all cultures. Mm -hmm. And really, it is. It's just seeing that you know the world is based on some interconnected, woven tapestry, 
and getting out of ego, getting out of the mind and starting to see the interrelatedness of things and walking into that world of complete connectivity of relationship and, and starting to see how things are connected at this moment, you know, and how they relate and working within that space of, yeah, uh, yeah of being. Are you, are you studying it for yourself to be a shaman or are you working with someone closely? Yeah, I'm working with a couple shamans. There's a shaman in Nepal who now I luckily can access online. And I've <laughs> uh, met him. He's been to Dallas too. The internet. You're I know, talking it's to a shaman in Nepal. That's beautiful. It I is. love it. It's amazing. And yeah. he's incredible. It's yeah. really incredible. And then also another shaman who is a guy that lives in Houston, but he's this Russian Jewish guy that was trained as a Siberian shaman. Oh and gosh. he's very powerful, very yeah. incredible healer. Yeah. He works with sound. He, um, at a young age, was considered to be one of the great conductors in Russia. Oh. And he's highly aware of sound. And he can listen to the way you speak. And with his drum and rattle, he sings to you and is able to heal trauma that's occurred to your DNA. What? That's how he puts it. Oh. Wow. We can put a link to him. Yes. In the uh you know. Yeah. In, Would you be yeah, yes, yes. Would you be comfortable talking about like something that he healed inside of you? Yeah. Um I mean every time I work with him first of all, I feel just incredible energy uplift. And it's hard to describe, but you know, I could be having a really rough time and you know, perhaps being challenged emotionally and just not feeling all that great. And I'll go to him and within an hour of just listening to him um, as he works on me, I come out and I feel like Superman. I just feel wow. strong and I feel my energy expands and I feel um, alive again, mm -hmm. really alive. You know, I feel creative life force coming through me in a whole, in a much larger way. Like I've just expanded out, you know, beyond my body. Mm. And, um, you know, I went, I've been going to him off and on for the past couple of years because I was going through a breakup and just having a really rough time. Nothing, nothing that send you to a shaman faster than a exactly, breakup. right? I mean, you know, <laughs> typical, but yeah, true. Yeah, you're like, gotta find me a shaman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it brings, it, up, helps, it brings up all the I stuff, promise. right? It's it like, does. it's going to break you down to right. get really humble, right? Right, so, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I, I can't tell you how much I've learned through a breakup, mm. you know, really going deep into my emotional body and hanging out in there and yeah. facing it head on and feeling it, feeling my way through it mm. and really uh, trying to be as vulnerable and authentic with it as possible. It's really shifted me and opened my heart tremendously. And I bet having a guide like that to be with you and to experience with you and, and elucidate things for you is incredible. Yeah. I mean, incredible you know, to have someone there that can hold space for you like that. Yeah, totally. I actually, um, for many years now, I've had groups of people come to my house, friends come to my house, and we practice something called Shaman's Club. And it's <laughs> yeah. just, yeah, I know it's a funny name and it's kind of cheeky, but, you know, we just called it that. And it's really beautiful, though. It's a way um, in which me and you know a lot of my friends will gather and the premise is, is that honestly we're all shamans just as we're all healers we're all 
we're all artists, we're all, we all have the capacity to be shamans as well. Mm -hmm. And so I lead generally the beginning of maybe a 15 or 20 minute arrival practice where I help people really just ground into their bodies and drop into the present moment and open up and activate their energy centers. And then from there, we usually just work on one or two people and it's a really creative, beautiful um, expression of, you know, can wow. be a bunch of people with uh, energy flowing through them and sending it with love and light into another human for their healing. And it's powerful. Wow. And we've also had, I've also had a lot of um, uh, fire circles at my house where. It's a fire circle. Fire circle, we started during um, COVID and we uh, would let people come and, of course, sit six feet apart around a fire. <laughs> we and, exactly six feet apart. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we had a stick. We'd measure it. Do they all have masks on? <laughs> <laughs> this was mask-free, unless okay. people wanted to wear masks. Okay. We left it up to them. Some would. Yeah. But we, we called in the directions, you know, the idea that this planet is kind of a grid of energy. And from each of the different directions, the ancestors and the indigenous people knew that there were different qualities of energies coming from the different stars and planets. And also across the earth, there's different energies that run across. And in the north, south, east, and west, you can call in these energies and become conscious of them and work with them. And so we would sit around a fire and everyone, after we called in the energies, we'd create a sacred ceremonial space, mm -hmm. which means we really brought intention into the space and a sense of safety so that people could truly share what's on their hearts. And a lot of people were going through a lot of things. So right. people would take time sharing. And then we would do a fire ceremony where we would write on a piece of paper what it is we're trying to let go of and release. And we'd write this on a piece of paper and everyone got the opportunity to stand up and say, a little bit about what they're experiencing and what they want to let go of and they would throw it into the fire. And then after that, we'd pull out the water and we do a water blessing and everyone got to express what they want to call into their lives, you mm -hmm. know, and what they want to bring into their experience for healing, for abundance, for growth, for prosperity, for happiness, for joy. And then as they spoke these words, they would pour water onto the fire and that steam, we would say, would wow. carry their Whoa. prayers up to the sky. Wow. And then we would close it out, and we would all celebrate wow. with a little food. And it was really, really a great experience. I bet. What a wonderful thing to be doing during COVID, because yeah. people were so isolated. Right. Did you do this on a, on a full moon, or did you do it any time during the month? Was there an intentional time? Sometimes we do specific ceremony around certain full moons and certain um, holidays, and, and then... I think this though was done weekly. Mm. It was, I think, just once a week, and we'd usually get about ten people or so sitting around a fire and sharing in this way. Oh, that sounds really fun. We had a talking stick yeah. uh, that we would pass. Are you familiar with that process? I've seen it. Yeah, I think I've, I think I've done it like in therapy. You know, like you yeah. have the stick and you're the only one that's allowed to talk, kind of right. cross talking, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's a really supportive space. I love it. Yeah. And that's the key. I mean, with all of this, whether it's Dallas Yoga Center yeah. or whether it's sitting around a fire, I get excited by this idea of how do you create a, a circle? How do you create a space that holds others in it so that they feel comfortable enough to grow and to really drop from a lot of their conditioned expectations mm -hmm. that they've 
that they've inherited, you know, and begin to heal a lot of the wounding they've also inherited and, and begin to grow as a person and expand themselves. And, yeah. you know, so I think I'm always excited by creating community and connecting people yes. and seeing what happens when people come together in a safe space where everyone is being heard and seen and felt and connected to so that their full self can come forward. Mm. And it's beautiful to witness. That's what I believe is the most creative expression there is. Yeah. And for me, one of my core values is connection because I feel like it's it's something that it deep in my core, it's, it drives everything, right? And it's something we're really missing in this world. I feel like we're so disconnected. So I love that you're creating this community, that that's its, that's its purpose. And you're actually putting it out there and it's coming to fruition and it's happening. And that's great because I think it's exactly what we all want and need. We all want it and need it. Connection and movement heal mm. because trauma creates isolation and rigidity. Mm. So um, there's a man named Bessel van der Kock. He wrote a book called The Body I Keeps the have, Score. I have read that, yeah. Yeah, and I, I get to meet him and study a little bit with him. And I, With him? Yeah, and I learned a lot. So cool. And the Dalai Lama. <laughs> yeah, I've had some, I've been very blessed by teachers. I, I, I mean, really I, have. I can't even imagine. Like, had some amazing mentors. Around. Yeah. Really, and I, I, you know, hold great respect for my teachers. And, yeah. and, and I believe all humans should find good teachers. It really is a game changer. Yeah. But this man, you know, taught me that that when there is trauma in the system, um, we shut down and we feel separate from everything else and alone mm -hmm. and isolated. Mm -hmm. And when I refer to trauma, you know, from a yogic context, it's just anything that really supports this illusion that we are a separate independent entity. Because um, from the yogic worldview, the Buddhist worldview, the Dalai Lama's worldview, every, that's a lie. Mm -hmm. The truth is, is that we're all interconnected, as yeah. I was saying earlier. Yeah. And that's what's healthy to realize. That's where health comes from. That's where healing comes from, is realizing interconnection or connectivity. And then with connection also comes movement, because when we're free and safe in our bodies, our bodies are fluid and they move, versus when we're scared, we tighten up and we hold tension tension stuck energy mm -hmm. and so all of these different uh, modalities of alternative wellness whether it's chinese medicine ayurveda you know massage whatever yoga these things are it's to help our bodies let go of that way of holding itself that's causing us to isolate to separate and to experience fear and other kinds of things that we can move beyond yeah. I mean, I read his book, but I, I kind of almost got his book in your description right there. That yeah. was, that was beautifully said. Oh, that thank was you. really good. Thank so you. good. I love that book. It's a yeah. great book. Yeah. I need to revisit it. Um, you know, there's a lot of inform information there, but so here on the art of podcast, I like to talk about creative energy and what that means to people. So, I mean, I think that I just want to hear your definition of creative energy and how it shows up in your life specifically. Well, thank you. I think, first of all, life is creative energy. It is creative life force. The more we learn that we are energy beings, the more that energy, that life force can flow through us and we can also move it in certain ways. We become channels for it. And so I think that as a human being on this planet that wants to grow and evolve 
to their maximum capacity, it really is about awakening the intelligence of that life force. Mm -hmm. In yoga, we call it prana. Mm -hmm. It's also referred to as chi. Mm -hmm. um, there's many words for it in all the different cultures and religions and so forth. But I think that accessing life force is a choice. And by, of course, eating the right foods and moving and doing healthy exercise or yoga and then also things such as pranayama, which is breathing techniques, and uh, yogic asana, which is all the different poses, all different ways to begin to draw that life force up from the earth and down from the sky, put it into our hearts and expand it out and grow it. And I believe that that, that is fundamental in ways to our humanness. And I've also brought it forward you know i think we're all just a unique expression of this life force and if we choose we find our own artistic expression just in how we live and how we make this world a better place and how we leave it better than when we found it and within that that's an art of expressing life force and how we want to use it while we're here and then of course there's becoming what we consider, you know, quote unquote, artist, if you want, you know, learning and, how to paint or and, how and to draw. And you have a background in art, right? I do, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I've also been a painter for many years. I've painted and also... Um, Are you still painting? I think about it once in a while, but no, I went from <laughs> painting to photography and then to digital videography. Yeah. And um, I was creating videos for quite a while. And my art was always also a, an expression of my personal growth and personal exploration mm -hmm. and so um has a big philosophical psychological bent to it and i was looking at the human from all different perspectives through video or through painting and stuff and yeah it's so fun isn't it i love it yes yeah. yeah how is your art an expression of the creative life force it's it's good you know i mean i am still painting and going into the studio tomorrow i'm super excited i was doing a meditation this morning and i was just getting like all these visions of what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it. It was coming like this slideshow and I haven't painted in a while. So my brain is like, okay, there's a bunch of stuff in here and we want to come out and play. And yeah, so cool. I can't wait to get back in the studio and, and paint because it's been a second. And I've been working on this podcast, which has yeah. been just a whole nother facet of creativity. And it's, it's, audio it's audio you know it's it's speech and like relating and and um and putting a coherent thought out there in the universe i mean i've been really shocked and surprised at it traveling so fast and ideas and information moving and so with art people have to kind of be there to see it and experience it but sure. with with audio it travels a lot faster yeah. So it's like I'm experiencing a different type of energy with this art form, which yeah. is fascinating. Right. It's fascinating. So interesting. That's kind of why I went into digital, into, you know, into videography, yeah. into video. Yeah. Because it's similar. It's, That's both. That's like audio and like, uh, like you see it and you hear it. Yeah. And yeah. to do it kind of from a painterly perspective. Mm. You know, I wasn't creating plots. Mm -hmm. I was creating atmospheres and experiences mm -hmm. and then i was also noticing that the pace of the video it's almost like the pace of a yoga class i could kind of control the pace with mm -hmm. my voice in a yoga class you know yeah. slow people down slow down your heart rate with video you begin to also create this transference of energy where you can start 
if someone's watching the video, they begin to connect into it and slow down or speed up. And so I could almost take people on a shamanic journey through my video. Yeah. That was cool. Isn't that amazing that, you know, that didn't exist 50 years ago. I know. It's so cool. It's, it's amazing. It's so cool. We're, I, living, we're living in like a really crazy time, but a really like interesting time. <laughs> so much change. We're in an so in-between space, all of us right now. We're all walking through the veils and they're lifting faster and faster than ever. Yeah. And a lot is shifting. The old is dropping away and we're in the unknown. Yeah. And we're getting to all, all, all of us are getting to figure out how we want to remake ourselves and what we want to create and yeah. make a better world, hopefully out of it. I, I hope so. I hope so. It's, you know, I think uh, the people who are most comfortable with change and adaptation will do just fine. If you're not, you're going to struggle and there's going to be some pain, you know, that's true. And pain's not bad necessarily. No. Sometimes struggle and pain is the best growth. Yeah. I mean, thousand percent. Yeah. Well, okay. So I always want to leave with a resource. Is there anything that you are reading or information you're consuming that you find is helpful that you want to share with my audience? There's a really great book called The Great Cosmic Mother. Oh, it's powerful. Yeah. It's a powerful life-changing book. What is it about? It's about the end of patriarchy. Oh, okay. Women are reclaiming the power of their womb space and men are reclaiming the the love and feeling of their heart space. Yeah. And it's an interesting time to witness this dance as we are learning these new ways of being with each other. And hopefully we're moving from a patriarchy to what's called a heterarchy. A heterarchy. Uh-huh, which is all based on equality. Okay. But I but the thing that I I, I like that. I like being equal, but I just I don't I don't I don't want to be in masculine energy so much. Like, I feel like I have so much of it because I'm so ambitious and I'm so like such a manifester and just, but I just, uh, I don't know. I just want to like experience it different, you know, does that make sense? Well, I mean, it does. And I mean, that's a whole huge conversation I'd love to have (laughs) with you. So next time, next time, right? But I, I mean, I want for you to feel you're in your feminine and your masculine in the most powerful way i'm way on i'm way like over here on the pendulum in my masculine so i'm just like starting to creep back over but we'll we'll talk about that again when you come back i would love to okay okay good deal well where can my audience find you where are you on instagram or facebook yeah i'm on instagram under my a medicine name i was given by a spiritual tribe native american tribe called lightning dreamer okay and so you can look at me up under lightning dreamer okay on instagram all right but also there's dallasyogacenter.com right. where I teach. Okay. And those would probably be the two best places. And of course, there's Facebook. Okay. David Sunshine. David Sunshine. And that's my real name. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was fun. Oh, what a blast. Thank yeah. you. I so much enjoyed it. Yeah, this is your first podcast. You my did great. My first podcast. I was a little nervous. You did great. I did okay? You did great. Okay, cool. Perfect. Thanks. Perfect. Okay. So thank you guys, as always, for being here. You can definitely find me on Instagram at Leah Fisher Art. And if you haven't checked out my new website, do so. I put lots of the resources that I talk about on the podcast on there. So you can go to direct links to whatever we're talking about. And of course, as always, I will link many of the different things that we talked about today in the show notes. And I just hope all you guys are doing great. And I'll talk to you next week. 